0: न सरोज रज निज मनु मुकुर सुधारी बरनउँ रघुबर बिमल हर हु कलेश भिकार जय हनुमान ज्ञान गुण सागर जय कपीस तिहू लोक उजागर राम दूत अतुलित बल धामा अनजनी पुत्र पवन सुत नामा महाबीर बिक्रम बजरंगी Kumati nivari su mati ke sanghi Kanchan barana bi raj sube cha Kanan kundal kunjit ke sa haat patra o Dwaja bi raj ki Sankar suwan ke serinandan तेज प्रताप महा जग वंदन वैद्यवान गुड़ी चातुर राम काज करबे को आतुर प्रभु चरित सुनि बेको रसिया, राम लखन सीता तामन बसिया सुक्ष्म रूप धरी सियही दिखावा बिकट रूप धरी लंक जरावा भीम रूप धरी असुर समारे राम चंद्र के काज सवारे लाय सजेवन। लखन जियाए श्री रघुबीर बेर हरशी उरलाए रगु पति कीन ही बहुत बडाए तुम्मं प्रिय भरता ही संभाई सहस बदन तुम्ह रोजस गावे अस कही श्री पति कंठला गावे सनकादिक ब्रह्मादि मुनीसा नारद सारद सहित अहीसा चम कुबेर दिग पाल जहाते कभी को बिद कही सके कहते तुम उपकार सुग्रीव ही कीन राम में लाय राजपत दीन तुमरों मंत्र भिभी शन माना लंकेश्वर भै सब जग जाना जुग सहस्त्र जो जन पर भानू लील्यों ताहि मधुर फल जानू प्रभू मुद्रिका मेलि मुख माही जल लांगी गए अच्छ रजनाही दुर्गम काज जगत के जेते सुगम अनुग्रह तुम्हारे ते ते राम दुवारे तुम रखवारे होत न आज्ञा बिनु पै सारे सब सुकला है तुम्हारी शरणा तुम रक्षक का हूँ को डर न आपन तेज सम्भारों आपे तीनों लोक हाक ते कापे Bhūt pishāc nikkat nahi āve Mahābīr jab Namasunavi sunāve rog harē sab pīra Japat nirantar hanumat bīra Sankat te hanumāna chudāve Man kram tapasvirāja तन के काज सकल तुम साजा और मनोरथ जो कोई लावे सोई अमित जीवन फल पावे चारों जुग प्रताप तुम्हारा है परसिद्ध जगत उजियारा साधु संत के तुम रखवारे असुर निकंदन राम दुलारे आष्ट से निधि के दाता अस्पर दीन जान की माता राम रसायन तुम्हरे पासा सदा रहो रघुपति के दासा तुम्हरे भजन राम को पावे जनम जनम के दुख बिसरावे अंत काल रातु भर पुर जाई जहां जन्म हरी, भक्त कहाई, और देवता, चित्त नधर ही, हनुमत से ही सर्ब सुक करही, संकट कटे, मिटे सब पीरा, जो सु मेरे हनु, मत बल बीरा, जय 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 हनुमान गोसाई। कृपा करो हो गुरु देव की नाई जो सत बार पाट कर कोई छूट ही बंधी महासुक होई जो यह पड़े हनुमान चालीसा होवे सिद्ध सा की गोरी सा तुलसी दास सदाहरी चेरा की जैनात रे दैमहडेरा Pavanthane Sankat Harana Mangalamurati Rup Ramalakhan Sita Rade Radhaibasosur Bhup Siyavar Ramachandra Ki Jai Pavanasuthanu Man Ki Umapati Mahadev ki jai Bolo Rebhai Sabasantanaki ki jai Jai Shri Ram, Jai Shri Krishna, Jai Hanuman Last week, we heard the story of Ranti Dev In lines with the same thing I received a beautiful forward Which I would like to share it with Share with you. And I feel that we all should give it a deep thought. A deep, very stringent thought. Reflect on our way of living. Reflect on our way of being. Be honest. We talked about perceptions also, right? Clear all the perceptions and the preconceived notions. And please listen to this. Without becoming defensive... With an open mind. Sometimes in the dark of the night, I visit my conscience to see if it is still breathing, for it's dying a slow death every day. When I pay for a meal in a fancy place, an amount which is perhaps the monthly income of the guard who holds the door open. And quickly I shrug away that thought. It dies a little. When I buy vegetables from the vendor and his son, Chotu, smilingly weighs the potatoes, Chotu, a small child who should be studying at school, I look the other way. It dies a little. When I am decked up in a designer dress, a dress that cost a bomb, And I see a woman at the crossing, in tatters, trying unsuccessfully to save her dignity. And I immediately roll up my window. It dies a little. When I buy expensive gifts for my children, on return, I see half-clad children with empty stomach and hungry eyes. I try to save my conscience by buying some toys that they are selling yet it dies a little when my sick maid sends her daughter to work making her bunk school I know I should tell her to go back but I look at the loaded sink and dirty dishes and I try and tell myself that is just for a couple of days it dies a little When I hear about a rape or a murder of a child, I feel sad, yet a little thankful that it's not my child. I cannot look at myself in the mirror. It dies a little. When people fight over caste, creed and religion, I feel hurt and helpless. I tell myself that my country is going to the dogs. I blame the corrupt politicians. Absolving myself of all responsibility, it dies a little when my city is choked breathing in dangerous breathing is dangerous in the smog ridden metropolis i take my car to work daily not taking the metro not trying carpool one car won't make a difference i think it dies a little so when in the darkness of the light i visit my conscience and find it is still breathing I am surprised for with my own hands daily bit by bit I kill it I bury it. It's very thought provoking. Are we actually killing our own conscience bit by bit? Are we actually justifying our actions or are we saying the world is doing it so we are okay when we look at sages like Ranti Dev or Namdevji, Ji and many more who don't even want the little extra which they need I'm not talking about wants over here they are willing to go that extra mile to starve if it is giving somebody else food, aren't we not going in the wrong direction, just because the masses is doing something that does not mean it is right? And deep within we have realized that we know where we have crossed our lines and our limits, where we spent beyond the needs and touch the wants, our conscience. There's a little teeny-weeny voice inside which tells us, stop. And do you know, somebody is watching? You know who's watching God? Mere malik ki kitab mein sab karni karta, waisa hi Every act of ours is being documented. Yes. Nicely documented. And we have to be answerable for each and everything. There is no excuse. Over there, the masses were doing it or I felt like it would not work. It will be a simple question. And the question would be, did you listen to your inner voice or were you instrumental in killing it? The kinds of Dev and the great sages, they do not want to face God and feel ashamed and embarrassed of their actions. They do not want the momentary gains and momentary joys to take away Everlasting bliss. What is everlasting bliss? Ranti Devji told us that everlasting bliss is the bliss of giving. And what is the art of giving? The art of giving is to give till it really pinches. Yes, it really hurts. And we had talked about soldiers. And I'll share one small story. As this mother of a soldier, she lost her son and then she decided to spend her life taking care of the other boys because she saw her son in them. So whenever there was a problem, whenever there was an accident, whenever there was a war, whenever some soldier was injured, she would go and read the Gita or be with him and inspire him and motivate him to get well soon. She was reported that there was one such case and two jawans were injured. So now this lady hurried up to the hospital, and she went to the first jawan, first soldier. And when she reached the first soldier, the soldier was smiling. On the bed, mind you. What has happened was what had happened was he had stepped on the mines, so there was an explosion, and the soldier tells her, "Auntie, don't worry about me. I am fine." I have just lost one arm and an, a leg and they have operated on my stomach they say there is some damage to my inner part right i have lost one arm and one leg right and there is some damage but i'm all right there is nothing wrong with me i will be fine right but please go and take care of my friend My fellow soldier, he lost his eye. He needs you more. Don't worry about me. I will come and meet you next year. And this lady, she was overwhelmed. There was just a minor accident, he's saying. I lost an arm and a leg. You have to worry about my friend who lost an eye, who lost his vision. Such greatness. And it just so happened that after one year, There was a bell, you know, somebody rang the bell at this lady's doorsteps. And when she opened the door, whom did she see? This soldier, he saluted. He said, Jai Hind, ma'am. You know how he came, he was riding a bullet. False leg, false arm, all healed. He said, I told you, right, I'll come and meet you next year. Just imagine, even in his condition... He was worried and concerned about another. And he was so brave because he knew that he had given up his arm and his leg for the greater good of the country. No regrets, no remorse, no self-pity. Over here we are talking about giving food. These jawans give away their lives. There is one saying, one of the sages always says, Janani jane to veer jan. Janani jane to veer jan. Ya data ya sur. Nahi to janani baanj rehe. Kahe gawaye noor. He's asking over here, Oh mother, all the mothers listen, if you want to give birth, give birth to, to a data a person who's a giver who will give beyond his means a brave heart who will care about other people beyond himself and a bhakt janani jane to bhakt jan ya data ya veer nahi to janani banj rahe kahe gaway sharir ya kahe gaway noor so he is telling the mothers to give birth to either bhaks, devotees of the Lord, brave hearts who are going to serve the humanity and other people or a giver who is going to give, a giver like Ranti Dev and Namdev. Otherwise, giving birth is useless. Because when a mother gives birth, what happens? She, her body deteriorates. Her body goes through a lot of change. And it is like she is giving a part of her life to the other soul, other body. Is it worth it? If the children are listening, are you worth it? And we all are children, somebody's child, right? Are we worth it? Worth the sacrifice that our mother did by giving away her own health, her own energy, her own life to us? What have we done? That she can say yes he is a bhakt he is a brave heart or he is a giver. Have we done any of that? Or we have just increased the population of the world and have become a burden on Mother Earth. We have to ask these questions prominently to ourselves. Srimad Bhagavad, Mahapuran, or for that matter any of our scriptures are not mere compilation of stories. They are not mere mythologies. I know I have repeated it a hundred times. They are a structured study. Spirituality is not time pass. It is a very structured journey and unlike the other studies like your school studies or your college studies which you learn and you leave here and go, spirituality travels with you birth after birth and you will continue and start from wherever you have stopped. It is like this going to a mega college, right? And which is not only going to end with this life. Your knowledge, your learning, whatever you have given to society and people will travel with you to your next birth and you will start there. Remember, the money you take You are going to start negative. If you help somebody. You are going to start positive. Right. Suppose you have taken away 100. And you have stored 100. In your next birth. You will start with minus 100. Mind you. Yes. Why am I saying this? Because everything that has been stored away for your future. I am not saying that everything should be given away. That is a different level. At which those people operate. But yet. Anything stored beyond your needs is a sin because everything that is stored beyond your needs has been snatched away from the society. The extra morsel of grain that you eat is sin because somebody else is starving. The extra money you tuck away in your banks and in the forms of jewelry and everything for your future which is beyond your need is again a source of sin why because there are so many people who currently need that money currently need that money for food currently need that money for clothes currently need that money for education yet having that money we are not willing to give it away so we are indirectly or I'd say directly the cause of many deaths that are happening around us due to famine Due to lack of food, due to lack of medical supplies. Because we can make a difference, but we are not. This reminds me, just like Ranti Dev, he gave food to four people over here and he became great, isn't it? There was this boy, and you must have heard, I think children must have heard the story many times. There was this boy who was jumping around in the shore. There was a movement that he was doing. <clears throat> he was bending, picking up something and throwing. Bending, picking up something and throwing now a man at a distance observed and was curious so he went up closer to figure out what was happening and what did he see the shore was full of starfish probably there was a high tide and all these starfishes were washed on the shore and this boy was trying to put them back into the sea as much and as soon as possible because when the sun would rise they would dry up and they would die They could not go to the seashore themselves, right? So he was trying his best, vigorously, picking one, throwing it into the ocean, picking one, dropping it into the ocean, picking one, dropping into the ocean and it was continuing. He went on doing it limitlessly. But still, of course, the shore was full of starfish. And this man asked him, what are you doing? Why are you... What are you trying to achieve? He said, I am trying to throw the starfish into the ocean so that I can save their lives. But this man said, do you even know how long the shore is? And do you even know how many starfishes are there on the shore? What difference can you make, asked this old man. And this little boy said, nothing. He continued, He picked up a starfish and dropped it and now this man was agitated so he asked again and again this man picked up and dropped a starfish into the water and looked up to this old so-called wise man and said, See sir, who says I cannot make a difference? I made a difference to this one. I made a difference to that one. I made a difference. I am going to try my best. I am going to save as many starfishes as I can. I made a difference. To that starfish who was alive, I made a difference. To this starfish who was alive, I made a difference. Each and every one of us can make a difference. But we have to go that extra mile. We have to put in that extra effort. We have to remove the preconditioning and become givers like Dev. There is no two-way to it. There is no shortcut to it. You can justify your actions. Like we had discussed, I think in this session or in the previous one, we had discussed the story of how Hanumanji's vision got clouded, right? With anger. It was in the Sundarkand session, I think I discussed it. Our vision is also clouded. We have been taught that this is the norms. We have been taught that this is our living standard. We have been taught that the money we earn is for ours. Our use it's not true it's difficult it is not easy the learnings of the scriptures are definitely not easy and to many of us they might seem impractical but they are not because we have forgotten that this world is not the end we think our lives this world is the end right <laughs> This world is the means to the end. This world is not the end. This world is the means to the end. And what is this end? The end is knowing that divine. Knowing that Lord. Understanding Him. Loving Him. And Bhagavad is also systematically moving us towards that only. We have almost reached the end of the ninth book. Ninth skand. Ninth skand is Katha. In Ishnu Katha, what did we learn? We heard about the stories of the great devotees of the Lord. We heard the stories of the great avatars like Shri Krishna and Shri Ram. chandravan Suryavad. They were trying to tell us what kind of people actually existed and walked our earth. And where are they leading us now? The tenth skan is Nirodh. And the meaning of Nirodh is how does one control the mind to love God? Bina Mahanat ke nahi hota. See how gradually. Bhagavad has moved. Let's go back. Ekbar, let's have a quick snapshot because 10th book is the Krishna Leela. And today I want you to sit down and analyze have you reached the level to understand Shri Krishna? If not much, has there been a slightest bit of a change in your heart? Have you been able to implement even one teaching of the Bhagavad? If not, there is still time. Kuchto to implement kardu. Make it your principle in life. One thing. And then move to the 10th skand. The first kant, the first book of Bhagwat was the Adhikari skand. In which we try to understand who is the Adhikari of Bhagwat. Who is the Adhikari to be a Shrota? Who is the Adhikari to be a Vakta? Who is eligible to listen? And who is eligible to say the Bhagwat? And then, in the second book, we learned how to do a sadhana. What is sadhana? It is practice. Sadhana is zaroori hai. Many people say that sadhana is not needed. Is it true? Without sadhana, is anything possible? Many great sages say that sadhana gada hai. Gada means donkey. They say that sadhana is not needed. But to reach the level To know that sadhana is not needed, you have to do sadhana. Sadhana, what is sadhana? As I again said, spirituality is not time pass. It is a structured study. Sadhana is where you make that effort to purify yourself, to understand the divine. Unless and until you have seen an apple, you won't understand Or recognize an apple when you see it, right? Unless and until you have seen an orange, you would not recognize an orange when you see it. Unless and until you are pure, you would not recognize the other pure. To understand and recognize and to know God, we have to become godly, and that is what sadhana is. It is a conscious effort, total conscious effort. Let's talk about different parts of sadhana. What is the first form of sadhana? Discrimination. Vivek, discrimination. It is the ability to discriminate between real and unreal. There are three things Satya, Asatya, and Mithya. What is Satya? God is Satya, right? What is Asatya? that which does not even exist that is asatya jo hai nahi. and what is mithya mithya is dismay, we see and we derive a wrong meaning out of it like in the dark if you see a rope you feel it is a snake that is mithya are we using our discriminating power to not chase the temporary what are temporary things our desires our wants all of us have it, the youngest and the oldest. Our desires just change form. When we are children, our desires are toys or PS4s or, you know, being with our friends. Then when we become mid-age, our desires turn into big houses and branded clothes and shoes and all. And When we get older, we also desire for our unfulfilled dreams or desire for respect, desire to be asked, desire for things that, you know, we could not accomplish in life. We keep desiring for the temporary, but we never turn towards the permanent. So in sadhana, consciously, one has to remember and put his vivek in place and see what he is focusing towards or what he is moving towards. Is it real or is it unreal? Then what is the second detachment, conscious detachment? See, these are the steps of sadhana which I am sharing. What is detachment? Detachment is vairagya. Vairagya does not mean you run away to the jungle. No, You can be right here, doing whatever you are doing, still be a vairagya. How? You detach from the world and attach to the Lord. Detached from your material pursuits and attached to the spiritual pursuits. That does not mean that you stop studying or stop being a mother and just run away no you keep doing everything you are doing but once you attach to the Lord and start seeing everything as the Lord your endeavors become dispassionate because you see the same in everything there is no difference between mine and thine my child your child my thing your thing my benefit your benefit everything fades away but for that you need a lot of practice practice So, the first is keeping our vivek in place, being alert all the time. It is not like, oh, today I'm just going to be lax, I'll do whatever I want, tomorrow I'm going to use my vivek. No. 24 times 7, 7 days a week, 60 minutes an hour, and 60 seconds a minute. That kind of ajatiyam, that kind of discrimination is needed. And you have to develop dispassion. It just does not happen. You have to work on it. When do we start working on it? The sooner the better. Then discipline. Uh, Discipline is needed in each and every path. There is nothing without discipline, right? What kind of discipline are we talking about? Discipline also has six parts. There are six parts in discipline. What are those? Think about them. What can that be? In normal life also we have discipline, right? So what kind of discipline are we talking about over here? Is it about motivation? Is it about... What is it about? What do you think it is about? Discipline is mind control. Sam, what is mind control? Again, consciously controlling the thoughts in your mind. Then Dham, sense control. you suddenly getting tempted towards it. You tell yourself, no, I won't do it. No matter how tempting it is, I won't. Upram, withdrawal. Withdraw yourself from the things which you know are not conducive to your spiritual growth. Endurance, the tiksha. Yes, that is, that means you apply your mind control, self control, withdrawal again and again and again. Build that endurance where you can sustain the pull of maya, pull of material things. It could be as simple as your urge to have chocolates, to as big as an urge to own diamonds. What is not good should not be taken. And then faith. Faith is not when you have seen. Faith is when you have not seen. But you believe that when you jump, the net will appear. That divine, strong faith, Shraddha. And concentration. One focused concentration on the feet of the Lord. Now, you know, Vivekanandji, this is again my favorite. He was doing his prayers when one person came running. And he said, listen, I have a train to catch in around 15 minutes. Could you please tell me how to reach God? Now, Vivekanandji said, let me just finish my prayers. He was in the He was standing on the Ganges and he was doing his archana. And this man was very impatient. He said, listen, I don't have time. Uh, Swamiji, I have to go. So kindly tell me in short how to get Lord. Just imagine such a massive, wide question, and he's urging Swamiji to answer. And Swami Vivekanandji, being Swami Vivekanandji, he really wanted to answer properly, right? So what he did is, he pulled this man and put his head under the water. Now this man started started grasping, gasping for breath. He could not breathe. And then what happened? He was struggling and he felt that he would almost die. While in the water, he was literally thinking that, why is the sage doing this to me? Oh, please give me a breath of air, a breath of air, just a breath of air. And just before he would collapse, this Vivekanandji pulled him out again. And when Vivekanandji pulled him out, he said, why did you do this to me? I almost died. And Vivekanandji asked, What were you thinking of when you were under the water? And this man said, I could think of only one breath, one breath of air. That is all that came to my mind, nothing else. And Vivekananji let him go. He said, go, you got your answer. This man said, what? He said, the day you can think about God like this, you will get God. There is a song, right? That much. You know there has to be one kasak kasak hai one kind of a hurt in your heart, one kind of a desperation to reach the Lord. It is not like a think that okay morning I'll pray and then I'll indulge in the world and then evening probably if I have time I'll pray and the rest of the days I'm going to think about the material it is, it is your constant obsession if I may use this word with the Lord 24 times 7 all you want is to know Him to reach Him to understand Him then and only then then and only then so what are the things? Sam, Dham, Uparam, Titiksha, Shraddha and Samarpan or Samadhan. And then the last one after this is Mumuksh Desire for liberation or freedom. See when you're totally concentrated, your mind and the Lord. And this desire will arise, right? That is the last stage. This is what the tenth skanth is. It is trying to develop Nirod, that yearning for the Lord. How will the yearning for the Lord come when you know the Lord, right? And these nine skants which we have gone through are trying to actually help us understand him. We do not love the things we don't understand, right? We do not love the things we cannot relate with. Nine skans, nine books, nine parts. Ved Vyas ji tried to make sure that we are able to relate to the Lord. And this is sadhana. We talked about sadhana. Sadhana is needed. So first he talked about adhikari skand. And then he talked about the sadhana which is needed to make us an adhikari. Right? Agaram adhikari hai, to adhikari ban sakte hai. How the four the four steps and the six steps that we just discussed, write it down and post it on your walls. The very essential. And then it is sarg. Sarg, Visarg, he started talking about creation. Why did we talk about creation? Is it to understand and know creation? Can anybody understand and know creation? No. We can't. In the third part, we talked about creation. Do you know why we talked about creation? We talked about creation so that we get awed by it. The galaxies, the Milky Ways, the Logs and different different species and Manvantars and Yugs and this and that. Oh my goodness. And do you know what this entire creation which we cannot comprehend is? It is but a spark in the garden of lights that is the Lord. But a spark, this creation that mesmerizes us we get over all odd, we can't understand it is but a spark in the garden of lights that is my lord this is nothing and that is my lord when this creation is so beautiful and magnificent don't you want to know the creator no right why not we don't even want to know the creation anymore that is the extent of Death that is going on within us. So they wanted to ignite it. Then came stiti. How is this world uphold up, upheld? There's this beautiful song which goes right: "Hawa chali kaise? chali kaise? Na tu na hi You know, before in the olden days, the songs also had a lot of meanings. Now I do not know, not know what's happened. This beautiful song. Hawa chale kaise, Hawa chale kaise. Na tu jaane, na main jaanu. Jaane wo hi jaane. Thakurji jante Don't we want to know how this world is held? How we are held? Who is that who is holding this world? Don't we have a curiosity to know and then comes Manvantars. This was mind-boggling. The time and the yogs, the kalps and the chakra, the age of Brahmaji. Oh my goodness, right now we are in the middle of the age of Brahmaji. The partial, uh, there are various kinds of prales. The cycle of time. How many times the leelas take place? Manvantar. Again, it was also a part to make us understand this massive creation and that massive time period in which we are. Who is the one who created this? And then the Bhaks, Eshnukata. The beauty of Bhagavat is. all through the nine skans. they have talked about the Bhaks. Devotees. And later, they are talking about God. Because God says, I am actually adheen. I am dependent on my devotees. I live in the heart of my devotees. Unless Until we understand the acharan of a devotee, how will we reach the Lord? The Lord can be reached through the devotee. It is through the Sangati of a devotee can we reach Narayan. Sat Sangati. When we started Bhagavat, the first shlok told us that bhagavat can help us clear our ailment. What is the ailment? The ailment is sorrow, right? Agony. Agitation. We all are. they saying that सब कुछ है मेरे पास न जाने क्या है खोया खुशियों के निकली बारात और मेरा दिल रोया ना जाने कैसी जंग लड रहे हैं हम ना कोई गम है ना उदासी फिर भी तड़फ रहे हैं हम कैसी है उलझन उल्जन क्यों ये सब लिख रहे Aro ku samjhane chalehe apnagam. Hamsabki yea adate. Hamsne samajpai. We do not understand why there is this restlessness and agony in our heart. But we are trying to explain it to others. Khudna samajpai aro ku samjhane chalehe apnagam. So Bhagavat tells us that there are three causes of pain Adhipotik, Adi Devik, and Adhyatmik. Adi Adidevik, and adhyatmik so what are the three causes one which is inflicted by by whom the natural calamities right Adidevik. then this which is the pain first is natural calamities it could be a tsunami or an earthquake the things which are not in our control and they can inflict pain on us second is people other people People from outside, they also inflict pain, right? We say that others have given me so much of pain. And the third is pain inflicted by myself. And when we started the Srimad Bhagavad Mahapurana, the first question was, which condition inflicts the most pain? Which condition, which of these three is the cause of my sorrow? Is it others? Is it myself? Or is it the natural calamity? And we never thought that it is not the natural calamities, it is not others, but it is myself who inflicts the most taap, most pain, onto myself. Mano to bahot hai, na mano to kuch bhi Mano to apman hai, na mano to kuch bhi If I believe somebody has hurt me, then I'm hurt. But till I don't let anybody enter my inner being. I am intact. It is all in my hand. So who is inflicting the most pain? It is me, myself inflicting pain on myself. Nor Neither the natural calamities nor other people have the power to agitate me. And throughout we are trying to understand that also. Can anybody cause any agony to you? No. Till you allow them to enter your inner zone they cannot neither situation nor people nor things can make you happy or sad because i am sachidanand swarup i am eternal bliss but when i forget what i am and i associate with the body and the senses then i feel that things outside are causing agitation See, the ocean in itself is calm. But when the full moon comes, right, the pull of the gravity, when there is a strong wind or a storm coming, the ocean becomes deadly, isn't it? But in itself, till it associates with the external situations and things, it is calm. The true nature of the ocean is calm. True nature of mine and yours is also calm. And we disturb ourselves. So nothing else but us, we are responsible. And we only can help ourselves or rid ourselves of this pain. And Bhagavad says that when you start reading, this will happen to you. The pain will diminish, the tap will diminish. But how do you read? Do you read just to read and forget? Or you listen to the Bhagavad, you let it go to your brain, from the brain you let it sink gradually to your heart and then you lock it there. After that you implement the learning and that is the true hearing of Bhagavad. Just by merely listening to it from one ear and throwing it out from the other without implementing it in our lives, we cannot claim to have heard the Bhagavad at all. If somebody has truly heard the Bhagavad, he gets rid of the three taps. Because even the self stops inflicting pain on the self. We cannot let other people control ourselves. How we feel, how we behave, no. I am the master of my emotions. I am the master of my thought. Nobody can disturb me. And no matter which field you are in, if you are able to stay composed and calm, be it during an exam or be it being a mother or be it in your office, you're going to excel because that dissipation of energy won't happen. Your energy won't be wasted in futile activities and you'll be able to devote all your energy at the work of hand, work at hand. But for that, what do you need? You need to know yourself and your ability And once you know yourself and your ability, whom do you get to know? You get to know God. It is very practical to be understood. And it can be implemented in the world outside. It is not that spirituality does not walk in hand with materialism. No. The material world I would say, not materialism. You can build a spiritual base and then work in the material world. And that is what Bhagavat wants us to do. And what were the two prominent questions that Parikshit asked Shukdevji? He asked, because Parikshit is dying, right? He was to be bitten by a snake by the end of? End of a few days. Seven days. He was going to die. And we all have only seven days we have discussed. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And in one of these days we will die. So it is not only Parikshit who has seven days, it is only even we who have seven days only. And in these seven days, one day when the bulawa comes, have to What should be done under all circumstances, asked Parikshit, by a man who is under the verge of death. For the one who is under the verge of death, What should he do under all circumstances? Not selective circumstances, all circumstances. And mind you, we are all on the verge of death because we do not know when our time is going to be over. Be it you children, or be it you adults, or be it you old people, nothing. Nobody knows. And the second is what should be done by man in general? What should a mortal do at all times and under all circumstances? What should they hear? What should they repeat? What should they keep in their mind? What should they resort to? What should they avoid? He's basically asking, How should I die? And to die like that, how should I live? How should I live in this world so that I am able to die? How am I supposed to die so that I can meet my God I go directly to Vaikundham. I am free when I die I am not bound and what should he hear what should he repeat What? so when everybody is on a verge of dying we do not know when that is going to come aren't we supposed to be very careful about what we hear what we repeat what is there in our mind shouldn't we be very careful about all this at all times? Or should we say, I am just a child, or I am just 30, or I am j- just 40? Why should I bother about all these things? Enjoy. Karo bhai what is the point of living like this? Even an ant or a pig lives, eats, and dies. What is the difference between us and a filthy pig then? Nothing. If you in life in the world, then you so Bhagavat is telling us to have meaning to wo lives. wo है it's important mulling is important That is the purpose of Bhagavat. The purpose of Bhagavat is tell you and take you towards the truth. And the truth is Brahman. What is Brahman? What is that divine light? What is the divine energy? Who is it? Was he always there? Will he be always there? Who is he trying to understand that divine Brahman? Then trying to understand what maya is. How to break the hold of maya. What is Sansar? What is Sansar? And when we, what is Sansar? And then what is the way to break the shackles of Maya, to unlock ourselves from the hold of Sansar and to reach? brahman reach the self but for that you have to understand what brahman is you have to understand what maya is you have to understand what sansara is and then only will you be able to get rid of it and reach that divine isn't it that is what the bhagavata is doing it is explaining what sansara is it is explaining what maya is it is explaining what Bhagavan is it is explaining what a devotee is it is explaining the way of life that we should lead to reach the true self or the divine God. Abhi jo hum jeevan jee rahe hai. Most of us thik nahi hai. Galat hai. And abhi bhi it's not too late to make amends. If we want to, that is. We could decide that we do not want to make any amends. Like we said, right, in the poem. When we shrug. And decide to look the other way. When we shrug and decide to do the thing our conscious is stopping us from doing anyway. What happens? We kill our conscience every day. Don't we all do it? Kaptak, Srimad Bhagwat Mahapuran is actually telling us that. Stop. Awaken. Awaken to the fact that. Awaken and this Bhagavat is given to Brahmaji to rid him of his delusion, right? In four shlokas, and it was expanded to 18,000 for our sake. 18,000 shlokas to explain what we need to know to awaken. Again and again and again and again, it is being told sometimes from a story sometimes from an example it is telling us that we have full control right now in the ninth skand towards the end when we are listening to the stories of yadu vansh and kuru there are places where the mention is very, very vivid. Where they say the Kshatriyas, they were born Kshatriyas. But all the Kshatriyas, all the sons of the king became Dvij, became Brahmins. What is a Brahmin? A Brahmin is a over of Brahman. So from Dvij, from a Kshatriya to a Dvij. From a Kshatriya to a Brahmin. Born as a Kshatriya became a Brahmin. What is it trying to say? We have heard the story of Vishwamitra also, right? Kshatriya who become a Brahmarishi. How is it possible? It is possible. That is what the scriptures are saying. You are by your deed, not by your birth. And then we shout and cry and talk about our caste system without actually knowing what is written in our scriptures. And we don't even want to make that effort. There is no distinction between caste and creed and there is no distinction that one person who is a Brahmin will remain a Brahmin and a person who is born in a family who who does a certain type of work will always be like that. No. This is very vividly mentioned again and again. A Kshatriya became a Brahmin, a Brahmin became a Kshatriya. It is by your deed. And towards the end of the ninth Skan, they again mention this. And one beautiful version is a very simple story. A story of a king who won a battle and a princess came with him. Now his wife got very angry when he saw another woman because he had promised that she would be his only wife. And when she shouted at him, see, even the kings and the princes in the olden days were afraid of their wives. So if they are afraid right now, there's nothing new, you know. It is it is historical. It has been in our... You know, it has been enough blood to be afraid of the wives probably. and you know, They are so dangerous maybe. So, when she shouted at him and she said, who is she? He said, this is the wife of our son. She's going to become the wife of our son. And the king's wife answered, we do not have a son. Right? We do not have a son. So, how will she become the wife of our son? The king said, don't worry. We will have a son. See, this all happened out of fear. But when he said, we will have a son, they eventually had a son. They did the tapasya and they had a son and later he married this princess. What is it trying to tell us? Is it trying to tell us that men are scared of their wives? No. It is trying to tell us that sankalp shakti, what you say, you can make it possible. That is the power in us. Towards the end of the ninth skand, they are telling us, no matter what your karma, no matter what your deeds so far, you can know the Lord. Abhi bhi der nahi hai, karo, aage bado. You will become like the Lord. You will know Him. And it is saying, no matter what the situation, you always have control over the situation. You can change it by your sankalp, by your thought. Ketana khudhi ko kar buland itna ki har tadbeer se pehle khuda bande se khud poochhe, Bata teri raza kya hai. Khudhi ko itna majboot karo, make yourself so strong that this universe is compelled to ask you, tell me what is your wish. And it will happen as per your wish. But for that, you need to make yourself single, focused in whatever you want in life. For me, God is the ultimate aim. For you, could be anything else. It could be a sport. It could be your marks. It could be some, something in the office. Whatever may it be. Make yourself so strong and single-focused that the universe is compelled to ask you your wish and then your wish becomes the command of the universe. It is possible, the scriptures tell us. But for that, kya karna padega, sadhana. You have to make your fickle mind strong and focused. Nine books, nine skuns. all they have been trying to do is this. When you see the Ganges during the rainy season, it is all dirty, isn't it? You can't see through to the base because there's muck in it, mud in it. It's flowing, it's roaring, rainwater and all the sand. You can't see the base. But then go again after the rainy season during the winters. If you drop a coin, you'll be able to see that coin at the base of the river. It becomes so crystal. Clear and pure. Why? Because the mud is gone. Over here, the change of weather was the cause of purifying and making the Ganga still. However, for us, what is the cause? We are the cause. What is the mark? The mark is our thoughts. How do we clear it? We clear it by sadhana. There are four main steps and six sub-steps. It is all very methodical. So, one by one, they led us to whom? Shri Krishna. One by one. Ki now fall in love with Krishna. Are you ready to fall in love with the Lord? Are you ready? Towards the end of the ninth book, she tells Parikshit. A little bit of the story of Lord Krishna. Before that, he mentions hundred names. You can literally count the way they have drawn the family tree, the flow of one generation to another generation is mind-boggling. You have to read it to understand it. The finest details of whose son was whom and whose father-in-law was whose father and whose brother, who its city, from where, what time, such precision Hundreds of names have been mentioned. Ancestors of Parekshit, ancestors of Krishna. Mentioned in detail. Over here then he talks about how Bhishma Pitama was born. He talks about how, how Hastinapur got his name. Briefly. Then he talks about how Shri Krishna came into existence. In merely four shlokas, by the end of the ninth book, he talks about okay. So Sri Krishna was there. His mother was Vasu and father was Vasudev, and comes was his man mama. And seven of six of them were destroyed. One took birth from Rohini. Then the eighth one was Krishna. He revealed himself with his uh, Padma Hasta Gada Hasta Padma Gada and all that chakra, and uh, everything. And then because Devkima asked, he became a baby. And then Shukadevji became quiet. Brief description, just imagine, of Sri Krishna, only a brief description. And he became quiet. And now when he became quiet, Parikshit became agitated. Agitated, why? Because he had developed the yearning to know about the Lord, to hear about the Lord, to understand the Lord. He had developed a love for his Leela. Leela is the Acts of Lord, different, different acts. He acts, isn't it? This entire world is his leela. And Parikshit said, "I want to listen to the Lord's Hari Ananda, Hari Katha Ananta. I want to listen to all of them in great depth. Whatever you have mentioned so far is in great depth, but please talk about Shri Krishna, talk about his leela in depth, talk about how he was born, talk about everything. Tell me in the finest." Of manner, tell me in the deepest of manner about Sri Krishna. This yearning to know Krishna had awakened in Parikshita. This restlessness to know the Lord, this desire, this vyasan to know the Lord had awakened. That is the beauty, that is when the work is done. Always remember devotion is the ultimate phase. Bhagavat is trying to take us to, what is it trying to take us to? Bhagavat is trying to take us to devotion. Bhagavat is trying to take us to total samarpan where we we actually surrender to the Lord. But before surrendering to the Lord, we have to learn to love Him. And when we love the Lord, you know, You do not want to understand Him. You just want to love Him. And in loving, you start becoming Him. You normally start becoming the person or the thing or the people you love. Knowingly or unknowingly, you start aping them. And when you become like the Lord, what happens? Boundless, right? He is not bound. He is free. He expands. His heart expands. His love and compassion and at that time, later, after the Krishna Skand, he'll talk about mukti. What is mukti? Nothing. We are not bound. That tells us that we are not bound. What is being bound? An elephant, when as a baby, his legs were tied into a shackle, right? And at that time, he tried to get free, but he couldn't. Because the iron ropes or the iron shackles were stronger than him. But later he grew up. But he had this memory in his mind that he still cannot be freed because he cannot break the iron shackles. So now this person who is holding the elephant does not even try the shackles. He just makes the sound and this elephant believes that he is dying. This huge elephant who can uproot trees and houses thinks that he cannot break the shackles of this iron rod, the iron rope. And what happens? Iron chain. And he stays put no matter what. Is he bound? He is not bound. There is no chain around his leg. And even if there is, he can break free. But this conditioning during his childhood that he is bound, he is bound, he is bound. Just like we have been conditioned to believe that we are limited, we are limited, we are limited. We have limited abilities, we have limited potential. We can only do as much as our body allows us. We are different from the nature. We cannot know God what not you know your own conditionings right break those conditionings you are this universe you have the potential to do whatever you want when you love God you start aping Him and then you realize that I am Him I have everything that He has and then what happens you become mukt and once you become mukt what is there left Nothing is left after that. Ashre, you totally surrender to the Lord. So Bhagavat is systematically bringing you towards Ashre Samarpan. Have we been able to evolve gradually with the Bhagavad? Did we understand where the Bhagavat is taking us? And why just before talking about Sri Krishna... Three main points have been brought to our notice. First, we have to awaken the giver in us. Second, we can become whatever we want to become. We are not bound by our birth. We are not bound by our past habits. We are not bound by our past. We are not bound by our mind. We are not bound by our thoughts. We can be whatever we want to be. And third we are not in the hands of the destiny the destiny is in our hands yes but for that what is needed Sadhna. sadhana to karni padegi have you heard of the phrase catch 22 that is a phrase right catch 22 sadhana to karni padegi Sadhana, penance, tap, single pointed focus towards what you want. And what are the steps of sadhana? And just repeat once again. And these can be implemented in any part of life. You need vivek, that is discrimination, viragya, dispassion. Then, Satsampata, discipline, that is, Sam, mind control, sense control, withdrawal, endurance, faith, and concentration. And ultimately, that yearning, desire for freedom, that intense, strong desire to free yourself and to reach your goal. Have we been able to implement all this? Are we ready to love God? We want from God, right? How many of us want God? We pray to take from God. Do we pray for God? The day we are able to move from praying to take from God to pray for God, to get God, we would have actually reached. Ponder, ponder as much as you can. Go to the depths of your very being and recognize who you are. Like recognize the power that is you. The power, the unstoppable power that is you. There is nothing that we cannot achieve if we put our mind to it. jay Ram, jay shri krishna jay hanuman jay hanuman jay hanuman shri krishna govinda hari murari he nat shri krishna govinda Hare Murari He Nath Narayan Vasu eva Shri Krishna Govinda Hare Murari He Nath Narayan Vasu Deva He Nath Narayan Vasu Deva Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya OM NAMO BHAGVATE VASUDEVAYA OM NAMO BHAGVATE VASUDEVAYA 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 RAM LAKSHMAN JANAKI JAI BOLO ram lakshman janaki jai bolo hanuman ki ram lakshman janaki jai bolo hanuman ki jai bolo hanuman ki bolo bajrang bali ki jai jai shri ram jai shri krishna जय हनुमान जय हनुमान जय